Haruka Aoki. I'm a Japanese author, illustrator, um, and also children's book author illustrator. Um, and yeah, the trick started when I was a kid. Um, I was, I think I didn't know it at the time, but I was quite stressed out. Uh, I had a, a lot of homework to do every single day. Um, I had moved countries from Japan to Hong Kong, to New York. There was just a lot going on, uh, not just with the languages, but with uh, school and culture changes too. So I think there was a lot of pressure that I had, um, that I had experienced as a child. And one of the things I did to deal with that was, yeah, to, to pull out my hair. And I only learned about this when I was in my 30s. So it's still pretty new for me, this term trichotrillomania, but I'm so grateful that I learned it and there's a whole community here. So I'm very happy to, to be here on this podcast and to also learn more about the trick community. Perfect. Where did you pull from scalp only? I personally, I pulled from eyebrows, eyelashes, and my scalp. Did you have a specific area where you pulled from? Yeah, I, uh, so when I was a kid, it, it was mainly from my scalp. Yeah, and um, it, to me, it felt very normal. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do here. Uh, I feel better doing this, so why not continue? Mm -hmm. Did you have moments where you, you know, had like a bald patch and did your parents notice kids at school? How did you kind of navigate pulling and your everyday life? Yeah, I uh, definitely became an expert in disguising uh, those bald spots. Gosh, I think we're, we all kind of end up becoming um, experts accidentally in this way. Um, but yeah, I was one of those kids that would pick kind of from all over the scalp so that you know it's balanced picking um yeah and i'm not sure my parents actually knew until uh yeah maybe a few years ago yeah so how did you find out the name for trichotillomania like how did that that journey happen oh gosh so I'm going to tell a story. So once upon a time, there was a girl who was very, very burnt out from her job, her corporate job as an art director. And she needed some time to just chill. This was also during the pandemic, the, like the intense part of the pandemic. And so she took this break from work. And thankfully, she was able to take the break. It was five months. And during that time, 
she went to this wonderful program at Columbia called the Columbia Day Program. And I did group there. And yes, I switched from she to I because it's about me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I took the group therapy classes there. And one other member in that group that day uh, talked about trichotillomania and she was experiencing it. And I had this jaw dropping moment of what? Like trico, what? Like, wow, that's amazing. And so because it was group therapy, we were able to um, kind of talk about it live. Uh, my shock, my uh, excitement in understanding that there's a term for this condition. So yeah, it was such like a almost like fireworks moment for me. And this was only about two, one and a half, two years ago. Wow. So you mentioned you were excited. Did it, for some people who have trick, finding out there's a name for it is like, oh, that makes it real. Did you, mm. did you feel just happiness that you weren't the only one? Or did you kind of have that moment of like, oh, this is a real thing, actually? Yeah, it felt so legit. I was like, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I thought I, I was so weird. And, you know, people always talk about the shame a portion of trichotillomania and other BFRBs. Uh, and I really felt that, really felt that as a child, even as a teenager, adult growing up, I would still look back on that behavior of pulling my hair as something bad or something that I needed to hide. So now knowing that there is a term, learning about it, I was like, oh, there are actually, you know, thousands of people uh who do this and did this and um it was really interesting too talking about it more in the open and uh drawing and writing the comic uh about it for the washington post i got so many uh people just contacting me being like thank you thanks for talking about it i used to do this too or i'm still going through it and I was like, wow, there's a whole community. I, it was just a big, um, a big warm hug, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the process of, you know, saying to yourself, you know what, I am going to publish this piece for the Washington Post. Like, it'll be out there. That's how I found you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. once I saw that, I'm like, I must message her. Like, um, <laughs> because it was just so amazing to see that from someone in the community to see someone in the community sharing so openly, so honestly. Tell us how you got to that point. Mm. So, yeah, I've, I've always, I think, wanted to talk about it. Um, and once I learned the term trichotillomania, it became even, even more important um, as a part of me. And so I wanted to address it and the Washington Post, specifically the Lily, um, which focuses more on uh, gender and identity issues, I thought, you know what, They're, they might be the perfect platform to talk about something like trichotillomania. So I had worked with them before. 
Uh, there's a wonderful editor there named Hannah Good. And we worked together back in May for uh, Asian American uh, AAPI month. And I pitched the idea to her and she was like, this is great, let's do it. And yeah, so I, it, the whole process was interesting as well um, in terms of how do I tell the story? Um, I chose to go from when I was a child, what happened to how am I uh, working through trichotillomania today? And yeah, I'm um, I'm glad I was able to do that. Um, it seems like a lot of my artwork these days is also uh, an active way to heal. Mm -hmm. When did you start being so interested in art? Was it something that you're just like? you know what, I have a natural gift for this and it's just something you were drawn to as like a child. When did you start realizing like, this is what I want to do? Oh, Barbara. Okay, so this is like <laughs> from lifetimes ago. Like I think even in my previous life and my previous life before that, you know, there was always art in there somewhere. And throughout my life, every time I had a decision to make, like, oh, should I major in art for college or for, you know, study art in high school? I always took the safe way out. So it was not art, actually. And I would study art history instead of art. Or I would study graphic design instead of art. And finally, in my 30s, I was like, well, I see the time is ticking. Uh, and so it definitely um, is a recent blossoming, um, but very much with like the whole trick and BFRB journey, it's about um, giving kindness to yourself, like allowing kindness, uh, not just to everyone else, but to yourself. And so I think art had always been there. I was really interested. The passion was definitely there as when I was a kid. But thankfully it's in my 30s that I'm I'm allowing the art to blossom. That's beautiful. Um when you are creating, I know that I noticed um just from my experience with therapists and things like that, you know, they, the therapists when giving advice about trick talk about, you know, keeping your hands busy, finding something that um, takes your mind off of the pulling. Did you notice that, you know, loving art, of course, but also mm -hmm. kind of losing yourself in that was helpful in your trick journey at all? Mm, definitely. Um, I think one, one person that I saw maybe five years ago, she was a like a, a spiritual mentor. She told me that I am a mushroom hunter. And so by that, she means I go way deep and just focus in on the mushrooms and, you know, collect the mushrooms and forget absolutely anything else about the life existing uh, besides those mushrooms. And I need to be picked out, really, from the bushes to, you know, just remember that reality exists. Um, but in my artwork, it is very, very helpful um, to get into the zone. Um, I've 
I think it sometimes uh, comes with just trying out different things. But I've realized for me, what works is very slow music. So on YouTube, you have, um, I think you can just search uh, music that's slowed down. So that really helps me focus and just, yeah, literally dive into the art. Oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But sometimes I also here on my desk have a timer because I can get lost very easily. And it's helpful to uh, have some kind of auditory, uh, like literal, literal alarm to be like, hey, we're, we're gonna take a break now or else I do become the mushroom hunter and get lost. Mm -hmm. Do you have um, other things that you do, whether it's self-care or just for the purpose of trying to not pull that you also do besides <laughs> art? Yeah. Um, well, I also have on my desk all these little handy tools, but of course the little squishy balls um it's so so helpful uh, to have these tools and um even though i think at first there's definitely a part of me that's like oh those are just tools i don't think they're gonna work on me there's definitely that voice in my head that's like it's not gonna work on you but uh, i think at some point i really did want to stop picking um and pulling and that desire i think was bigger than just dealing with pulling and uh picking all the time so now i look at these tools here on my desk whether it's a timer or the squishy ball and now they're more like my buddies that help me mm -hmm. yeah have you had moments where you've noticed, hey, I actually haven't pulled that much? Like you're kind of, it's kind of, you know, goes in waves where it's like sometimes I can't stop every moment my hand is reaching. And then other times it's like, oh, everything seems to be growing back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit strange when that happens, but I try to celebrate it every time. Um, for me, it's usually when I'm in like a relaxed mode whether it's like couch chill time or movie watching time that's when the hands start to activate i think they don't know what to do and when i realize like wow i don't i don't really need the squishy ball right now or wow my hands have been just still on my lap for you know half this movie it's like hell yeah it's such a cool <laughs> feeling and, you know, I, I also realize that not everyone um, wants to stop. Like, I'm sure if they could, maybe they'd want to. But, you know, it's also really, really hard. So I understand, like, everyone's goals are different. And for me, it was, you know what, I think I'm done with this polling thing. I'm going to try to stop. Mm hmm have you gone with long like are you someone who likes to count i know for some people it's like 
the tracker does not help them, but for some, it's really a good motivational tool. How do you feel about that type of stuff? Ooh, that is cool. I actually haven't heard about the tracker. Um, but yeah, I think um, I do like that because it's like, uh, it's just celebration. Um, being able to celebrate yourself. Uh, often I think when you're healing, it's not like an on and off switch of like, I used to do this and now I don't. It's way more like, you know, up and down. And so to be able to realize and appreciate those little moments of, oh, wow, I, I'm not, I'm not pulling right now. Um, those wow moments, each one, I think, has to be celebrated. It's worthy of being celebrated. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, it's, it's easy to listen to other people, oh, just stop. But then you're like, wait a minute, not only can I not do that, I'm, ang I'm angry that you even said that because it's not that easy. Um, I think that it's way more challenging than people realize. And also, it brings up that negative self-talk from like a very young age. When, when we start polling, I feel like that's where it begins. How have you kind of dealt with that negative self-talk, trying to learn to celebrate the wins and things like that? Mm, it has been very helpful to talk to myself. So when, especially when there's no one else around, it can be very easy for me personally to go into that, um, that dark space of, you know, continuing to pick, continuing to pull. And so sometimes, yeah, just talking to myself out loud. So if I'm reaching for a hair or, you know, realize that I'm picking my skin a little bit, I'm like, hey, honey, <laughs> I notice you're doing this thing. How about we go make some tea? Or I know you want to do this right now. I totally get it. You've been doing it since you were a kid and we still love you. But how about let's try stopping right now or let's get up right now. Just, you know, being this, I don't know, some kind of um, other character within me and letting them talk and be a partner in all this. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like in my personal journey, I suppressed so much about like, I hated it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. And then once I did, oh my gosh, I feel so much better to like share with the world. You felt similarly? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, so in that comic for the Washington Post, I specifically wanted to illustrate um, that scene where I'm uh, caught, it's like caught red-handed. Um, <laughs> and I have a bunch of hair around me um, and a friend says, oh, what's all this hair? And I didn't know that he was gonna come into my room. I'm so shocked and all I can say is, oh, I, I just love brushing my hair a lot. And gosh, it's still, it still sticks to me that uh, that experience, um, it's still very fresh, even though it happened decades ago. So I know how that feels of, 
that, oh, I don't, I don't like that I'm doing this. It feels weird. At the same time, uh, it feels good too. So it's, it's a really hard uh, thing to talk about, but I do agree with you. The more we are vulnerable in any way, whether it is about the picking, the pulling, or really anything, uh, things that we're scared of, things that we're nervous about. Um, yeah, often it, there's a whole community of people I've realized who are willing to help us and heal together. Since the article was posted, like printed and, and um, available for everyone, did anyone reach out to you from your personal life that you already knew that said, hey, I actually do this too? Mm, yes, actually. Yeah. And it was like, what? That's so cool. Like, <laughs> obviously, like, it would be nice to, to have not gone through it, right? Because it can create so much stress. But to know that a friend or a close person in my life also felt comfortable enough to tell me, oh, that's is truly so special. You can literally see like the energy coming together and like swirling around each other. It's so, so special. Mm -hmm. I always say like meeting someone else who has trick or any type of BFRB, it's like you get me. Even if I met you for one minute, you get it. You know, there's that deep understanding. There's no judgment. And it's like, I feel seen. Yes. Uh, that no judgment part is so nice because how many times have we been, you know, just scared to be judged or, you know, have been judged? It's it's a really yucky feeling sometimes. So to not have to worry about that is just magical. It's really magical. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your book. Oh, thank you. So I had this book, this children's book, Fitting In, come out. Uh, my book partner, John Olson, and I had worked on it for eight, a very short eight years. Uh, and we are so happy that it's out. And as you could probably tell from the title, Fitting In, uh, we both wanted to talk about the uniqueness of each person, um, no matter where you're from, how you identify, and truly celebrate the self. And I uh, also wanted to highlight the, the main character in this book is a little square, and they are born into a world of circles. So I think many, many, many people have felt this way uh, in many types of experiences. And so to be able to share that with many communities, whether it is the BFRV community or the LGBTQ plus community, it's, I think, very relevant and needed. Um, just, yeah, a, a reminder that you're not alone and in fact, it's the differences of each person that make 
each person's special. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you so much for creating the work that you do, the art, writing the book, having that out there, because when I was growing up with Trick, I felt like I was the only one. I saw, I think, an episode of like MTV True Life. And of course, they make everything so dramatic and scary. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, is this, this is what I do? But you are making art for people that makes them feel understood and seen and that they can share you know i'm I'm already know you've inspired tons of people to share their story because they're reaching out to you and sharing it and probably for the first time in their life that they feel comfortable enough um so i just i just want to thank you for that because what i've seen on the media as far as any really mental illness it's always for the dramatics it's always the extremes and it's not helpful to the community but you are helping the community so thank you very much Oh, thank you. And right back at you, Barbara. We got to talk about that because it's so important um, to have a platform like this to speak with the members of the BFRB community to feel less alone, to know that you're not alone. And I had listened to some of your other episodes and it, I had just such a warm, just loved and cared for feeling when I was listening to these episodes. So thank you as well. You're make me start crying. Thank you. I appreciate it. together. We can cry together. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I did see something that I liked in the media very recently. Have you by any chance watched the show Life and Beth by Amy Schumer? No, I haven't. Not yet. But I know about so, Amy Schumer. The reason I bring it up is because she used that show to mention her trick. No spoilers, but it's like on the internet. But like yeah. she used that show to talk about her trick at Telemania. And I was running to the TV because like with you, with your work, someone who has it, who understands it, I want to see how it's portrayed because I watched an episode of The Sopranos and the girl pulls, you know, a hair piece this much like an extension mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm like who was in the room when they wrote this because they didn't have trick like like me right, right. um I think she does a, a great job but I'd be interested to know if you if you were to watch it what you would think too but I I thought she did really nice for the community yes I think so too and I what I had heard about Amy Schumer and her experience with trick and I thought wow like I would never know I would never know and so for her with her platform to be coming out and talking about this is amazing. And yeah, I think being vulnerable like this, opening yourself up, um, I'm really grateful that we can do that. And there are communities out there that are very accepting and very loving, and it motivates me more, um, yeah, to, to continue doing the work. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone who's at that start of that journey of wanting to share publicly? Hmm. Wanting to share publicly. Yeah. I think it, it definitely cannot be taken lightly because we all know um, that the internet 
is quite advanced now and there are tons of people with tons of backgrounds and sometimes different motives so i think the best way is to share your personal experience and really uh, offer it up with love uh, and you know and also to make sure that you're doing it for yourself um because i think with the internet especially um it can be a tricky place for sure uh you never know who's gonna leave one of those comments that might make you cry or make you upset so i think it's often very helpful to think okay what's in it for me why is it important for me to be sharing this why do i want to and whenever you do see those difficult comments or someone maybe even comes up to you perhaps if it's after a play or poetry reading or something yeah to just you know take it lightly <laughs> you already performed you already had your piece published it's out there but what's important is that you made it you put it into reality into a shape a form that in itself is worth celebrating and yeah after that it's like whether you get wonderful comments bad reviews at least you made something like wow how cool is that yeah so yeah i i want to be like if you're scared and you're about to publish something or you already did publish something put it out there I'm like, call me. <laughs> we can talk about it together because it is it is hard. Uh, you never know what the uh, outcome will be. But yeah, at least you made something. That's that's pretty badass. Yeah, that's but awesome. What do you think your younger self would say to you now? Mmm, she is so happy. They're like, yeah, they're like, wow, you're, you're doing it. Like, wow, you are. I am so proud of you. You're so cool. Wow. And I would probably be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'd probably, I don't know, go on a little little date with them uh whatever they want to do whether it's like go out for cookies chocolate chip cookie if possible um i was like they don't drink coffee yet so i'm like what do, what do they do <laughs> um get our nails done i don't know but i would love to hang out with yeah i'd love to hang out with her mm -hmm. yeah i think she would be so proud oh my gosh this thing we were hiding we are out in the open like how yeah. freeing is that so freeing yeah it's such a big weight off of my chest shoulders head everything mm -hmm. yeah so as we wrap up i want to ask you of course how to find you but is there anything i didn't ask you that you wanted to share before we talk about finding you hmm Anything else I wanted to share? Uh, I guess 
I want to share that, of course, it's very easy for us to say, hey, you're not alone, uh, because it is true. But when you are in, in the zone, I know some people get in the zone when they're picking or pulling, or when uh, they're at the edge of starting to feel like almost bad about themselves. Um, when you're actually in the act of um, trick, picking, etc. Yeah, to remember you. Yeah, like it's it is hard. You are doing the thing, and it's okay. Like you don't have to feel bad for yourself. Um, it might be a little embarrassing. You might feel shame. But in that moment, remember that you are safe. There, you might not see them, but we're all here. There are thousands of us just outside your house. Just imagine like two houses down, I'm there, maybe doing the same thing. Like, just remember and perhaps visualize or imagine that we are here. You might not be able to see us, but we are here and you are gonna be okay. Beautiful, I have chills. Like that is, I wish I had that snippet when I was younger. I mean, I'm glad I have it now, but that would have been nice to hear. You know what I mean? Me too. That's very powerful, thank you. So tell us how we can find you on social media, e emails, everything. Yes, so on Instagram, you can find me at the Cosmic Haruka or the Cosmic Haruka. And Let's see. And yes, my uh, picture book, Fitting In, you can find, uh, I think, anywhere. And um, yeah, if you'd like to see any other work, you can go to harukaaoki.com. Uh, last name is A-O-K-I. Yeah. <laughs>